MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, February 3rd, 2020. Today, the fix is in in the Senate impeachment trial. More information from the Bolton manuscript. Parnas's lawyer writes a letter to Congress. Dirty J. Seculo. Yovanovitch retires. And we try to find some good news. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. Hello. Mandy Reader has jet lag, and you, you still have a throat Yeah, I got a throat lag. Throat lag. <laughs> <laughs> also, Dirty J. Seculo. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like the image. <laughs> like a like pig pen. Yeah. Just Jay Secular with a cloud of dust everywhere he goes. I was thinking we're like ball gag. <laughs> oh, that kind of dirty Jay Secular. If only he had a freaking gag. Yeah, he needs a gag order. Yes, he does. He might get one. Um, probably not. We'll I think see. I think Cipollone's more likely to be in trouble here. Yeah. When uh, I tell you what he did and what he knew, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so I have here in my, in my, uh, notes for the discussion that we're supposed to have between uh-huh. the introduction and, and the hot notes, it just says, well, there went January. Yeah. So that went by That was really a fast. shit month also. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rough start. <laughs> Very rough start. Yeah. I'm not, we need to go on the rest of the year <laughs> to, uh, to invoke a Jordan sound. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, we really do. I have faith. And aside from it being really shitty, it was also some of the best displays of patriotism and yes. intellect and power that we've like ever seen. Especially coming out of Adam Schiff's mouth. Uh-huh. He was yeah, rad. And, and like all the house managers were fucking brilliant. Yeah. They were all, all just all of them so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had ev- an answer to every question. They had evidence for every answer. A hundred percent the opposite of what Trump's legal team, um, came for came forward with mm-hmm. so and and we knew this was going to happen right we knew it wouldn't be a fair trial we knew there was going to be an acquittal which hasn't happened yet but we knew we mm-hmm. knew all this yeah and yet it, you're just still unprepared for that that vote to block yes. witnesses in a trial right you know yeah i had to remind myself of that as soon as that vote came out or yeah. it, the news of how it looked like it was going to go came out when all the senators that you thought were going to switch started asking questions with the trump supporting senators and I was just like, okay, I need to remember this wasn't ever going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Ultimately, all of it. I did think witnesses were going to go through. I thought that that vote was going to go through. I I tweeted um, I didn't think it was going to. Yeah. Um, and that I thought Murkowski was going to pull her vote. Mm-hmm. Um, those were sad beans. Sad I, beans. I was right about. Uh, it's It just seemed to... They, they, they can't have witnesses and acquit and they mm-hmm. have to acquit mm-hmm. so that uh, it's just that's sort of the way that that uh that it went and yeah. and here we are um and it's shitty but like i said we expected it we knew it was coming yes we've been saying forever we have to do this ourselves mm-hmm. we have to uh take 
out all of the Republicans. We have to vote in Democrats everywhere we can, up and down the ballot, from city municipalities to judgeships to mayors to governors to state Senate and legislative houses to our U.S. government and everything in between. Like every, yes. Everything must go. Now we get to transfer all of that energy into 2020. Yes. And we now have, like we said, we're like, this is going to be so great because then we can hold the Senate accountable for being assholes. We were ready to do that. And now we got what we wanted. And here we go. Now we have to do it. 2020, this is almost best case scenario because of the amount of fire, I think, that it's going to light our base up with. It was. Of course, Mm -hmm. we were pissed that they didn't open impeachment hearings right after the Mueller investigation. And then then Barr fucked that up. And then the public interest wasn't there because of the spin on the on the findings and the mischaracterization of the findings. And and we were like, we were so angry uh, that that they hadn't impeached him then. Then they did, but like this, we as twenty twenty approached, we did start saying, "Hey, best case scenario here is the Senate fucks this up, and now we've got the ammo to vote the Senate out too and flip the Senate blue easily, and or oh, at least God. more easily." Yes, because uh, even if Trump cheats and wins in twenty twenty, if he doesn't take keep the Senate, uh, it's going to be a real hard time for him. Mm-hmm. Real hard time. Mm-hmm. Very. I'm not looking forward to that. I don't. I hope that's God, not what no. happens. I don't want you to think that that is a best case scenario. No, the no best way. the best case scenario is what happened in 2018 plus the president. Oh, I would love that so much. And the Senate. He has so much power because of his stupid fucking Senate. Yeah, and and we can't do anything about the courts mm-hmm. uh, unless we came in and had some sort of fucking referendum where mm-hmm. we can get a majority. We we have to have a, probably a super majority to change the number of judges or to put uh, to put uh, term limits on judgeships, but. That's the plan, and it's not going to go anywhere unless we all unite and vote for whoever the Democratic candidate is. Hell yes. I am ready. We have to do that. I'm ready for these caucuses. I'm I'm really excited about Iowa today. Primaries. Yeah. Hell yeah. I want to see what's exciting. I want to see who, you know, I want to see how it's going to start taking shape. Materializing exactly and Mm. ready to devote all of my energy to the candidate, whoever it may be, and just keep fucking moving forward and get there and get this fucker out. Yes. 100%. Agreed. Now. That was our Well There Went January discussion. We do have some news, so let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, as I'm sure most of you know, the Senate voted 51-49 Friday against witnesses and documents, and Schumer and Mitch struck a deal that the Dems would put forth four more amendments Friday night after the break, but wait for the final vote uh, until Wednesday. Monday and Tuesday, we will hear closing arguments, and Schumer actually got, as part of his deal, the senators to have to explain their votes on the floor in in public. Uh, Hopefully they'll still do that. I didn't think that would happen. Uh, The Republicans have uh, closed the door on additional evidence, so whatever comes out between Friday and Wednesday can't be considered for that final vote. But the public will be aware of any additional evidence that's made public, (laughs) including something that dropped late Friday night from Caitlin Polins at CNN that the Department of Justice revealed in a court filing Friday night. It has two dozen emails related to Trump's involvement in withholding the security aid from Ukraine. That disclosure came just hours after the final vote to block witnesses and documents uh, and the closure of any additional evidence before the final vote next week. This revelation actually marks the first official acknowledgement from the Trump administration that emails about the president's intent exist and that he was directly involved in asking about and deciding to block the aid as early as June. They're still blocking those emails uh, from the public. A lawyer from the Office of Management and Budget argued in the filing that the emails must remain private because they describe communications between Trump, Pence, and other immediate advisors regarding presidential decisions uh, about the scope, duration, and reasons behind withholding of the aid. So they're calling that privilege. Um, This wasn't in the House's impeachment report, 
or excuse me, it was in the House's impeachment report sent to the Senate. Remember when they said, quote, the committees also have a good faith reason to believe that the Office of Management and Budget is in possession of and continues to withhold significantly more documents and records mm-hmm. responsive to the subpoena and of direct relevance to the impeachment inquiry, unquote. According to CNN, this filing by the Department of Justice had a deadline of Friday night because the judge had asked for a breakdown of emails withheld or redacted by Maine Justice and why it did so in response to a FOIA request brought by the Center for Public Integrity. So following the vote to block witnesses and documents in which two Republicans defected to vote with Democrats, namely Romney and Collins, the CPAC disinvited Senator Romney from attending CPAC this year. The other two Republicans that were waffling, Lamar Alexander and Lisa Murkowski, ultimately voted for the cover-up. I had some sad beans, like I said, on that tweet I sent out Thursday night saying I was sure Republicans had the votes to block and would allow two senators to defect and that they would pull Murkowski because she was in in less trouble than Collins and they couldn't get Romney to do what they wanted. And they didn't want to have a 50-50 vote because surely Justice Roberts would break that tie. But then he did say after the vote he would not break any ties in any of the following votes. The uh, the ones that ultimately blocked the witnesses and documents. Um, Lamar Alexander came out and pretty much said that he didn't vote for witnesses and documents because the president did that shit, but it wasn't wrong because it was in the national interest. That was uh, Captain Underpants Alan Dershowitz argument. This reminds me of the ex- insane exculpation of Don Jr. And, the t- and you remember the 20, uh, June 2016 Trump Tower meeting because mm-hmm. he was too dumb to crime, mm-hmm. uh, which led me to ask back then couple years ago, how can one prove corrupt intent against somebody who truly thinks they're above the law? Mm -hmm. I did not know at the time that that would be the defense that ultimately got Trump off the hook for yet again trying to cheat an election with foreign assistance. Uh, I don't think for one second these Republicans voted the way they wanted to. Like I said, I think they were told how to vote. I think the, the, the meeting went something like, well, Romney, we can't control that guy. Lamar, you're not allowed to vote for witnesses. Murkowski, you have to vote to block them, too, because Collins is in more danger of losing her seat than you are. So we have to prove them wrong and vote them all out. Um, That's what we have to do once now that they've made this terrible decision to block all witnesses. We must vote them all out and prove them wrong. Say that was a dumb idea. Uh, All the doubters that said the impeachment would hurt Democrats, we have to prove them wrong. We have to unite behind whoever wins the nomination. We have to get the vote out in November. But we know that. Also, Friday, Trump wasted no time being a dick still and added six more countries to his travel ban that will virtually block immigration from Africa's most populous country, Nigeria, and from Myanmar, where the Muslim minority is fleeing genocide right now. Jesus. <clears throat> Three other African countries, including Eritrea, Sudan, and Tanzania, are also on the list, as well as the former Soviet state, Kyrgyzstan. That's- Tanzania? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> I mean, why all of them? Well, not surprisingly, all six countries have substantial Muslim populations. Yeah. Uh, the latest move uh, brings the number of countries on the travel ban list to 13. Um, Zolan Kano-Youngs writes in the New York Times, quote, immigrant visas issued to those seeking to live in the United States will be banned for Nigeria, Myanmar, Eritrea, and Kyrgyzstan. The ban will also prevent immigrants from Sudan and Tanzania from moving to the United States through the diversity visa lottery, which grants green cards to as many as 50,000 people per year. Nancy Pelosi responded, saying President Trump and his administration's continued disdain for our nation's national security and our founding ideals of liberty and justice dishonor our proud immigrant heritage and the diversity that strengthens and enriches our communities. Um, So sad. Nadler and Zoe Lofgren said in a statement Friday that the committee would discuss legislation to repeal the ban. Uh, which excludes large classes of people without adequate justification and in some cases to implement sweeping changes that contradict existing law. Yeah. I um my ears perked up with Tanzania because I have a personal memory with that. And when I was a kid, I used to do gymnastics and circus stuff. And <laughs> we had um we had like a 
kind of exchange of knowledge and information happened and this troop from Tanzania came over of like kids also yeah. that were um, incredibly talented and we would do like circus stuff together and like train a little bit together and it was really fucking awesome and really fun and it's a really good memory. Oh. So yeah, that just bums me out having a personal connection to that, which is not even remotely close to the personal connections that other people in this country have to these countries. Still, it's very sad. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of like, yeah, how in- incomputable it is in my brain that you would have any reason for why folks couldn't come over. Yeah. Uh, especially in the name of national security. Yeah. Uh, when there is no threat to us from from these countries. Yeah, I I don't, I can't justify any of them in my brain whatsoever, but the fact that the list keeps growing, yeah. it continues to become more and more nonsensical. And if the only reason is the Muslim population, that's devastating. Yeah, and, and I mean, they've been trying to curb legal immigration also for a very long right. time. Right, right. Uh, with, you know, was it Cicilline who, who changed the poem on the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Then they just got this public charge thing to go through in, in the Supreme Court. Yeah, uh, It's really very, very devastating to our values as a nation of immigrants. Yeah. It's awful. Um, sorry about that giant chunk of bad news right before the break, but we will be right back with more news. Um, not all of it's good, but we do have a good news block at the end. So stick around for that. Um, if you want to get these episodes ad-free, you can head to patreon.com slash the daily beans and help support women in podcasting. We'll be right back after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Third Love. I am obsessed with Third Love. I have all my bras now from Third Love. I don't get my bras anywhere else. Uh, They design the most comfortable bras you've ever worn, tailored to perfectly fit your individual body shape. I was able to find my perfect fit in just a couple minutes by taking their online Fit Finder quiz. Uh, They use your info, plus they factor in data from millions of women who've already taken the quiz. And they also take into consideration your breast shape, because that matters when you're finding a good fit. They take into account cup size and breast shape to find the perfect fit for you. Many women fall in between cup sizes. I am one of those women, so I would always either get like a, that cup gap or cup spillage. It was never, I was like, why am I in between? It was frustrating. But Third Love has over 80 bra sizes. They're an industry leader in, in the number of sizes of bras they have, and they have their signature half cup sizes. I was able to find the perfect fit. Every bra from Third Love is made with the highest possible level of comfort in mind, from their lightweight, super thin foam memory cups to they, they mold to your shape. They have no slip straps. Um, they have a scratch-free band, and they don't put a tag in there, so it won't, you know, you don't have the itchy tag, and it's all designed for optimal comfort. Third Love's teams of experts, fit stylists, are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. They're available to help via chat or email, and Third Love backs every bra with their perfect fit promise, and this is the best thing. You have 60 days to wash it, wear it, and try it out, and if you don't absolutely love it, if it's not your perfect fit, returns are always free, exchanges are always free, they're hassle-free, too. Third Love donates all their gently used bras to people in need, and so far, Third Love has donated over $15 million dollars in bras. Third Love knows there's a perfect fit for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order, so go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dailybeans for 15% off today. All right, welcome back. We got some new disturbing information from the Bolton manuscript uh, while we were away. 
uh, for 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, no, this was over the weekend. It was reported um, as the Senate was gearing up to debate about whether to vote for witnesses and documents. This time we learned that Trump actually directed John Bolton to help him with the pressure campaign against Ukraine to extract damaging information on the Bidens in 2016. And not only that, the big news to me in this leak is who was in that meeting when Trump asked Bolton to support his shakedown of Ukraine and when the meeting took place. The meeting was in May, uh, which we uh, did learn about in the first Bolton dump. But at that meeting were uh, Rudy Giuliani, Mick Mulvaney, and White House counsel Pat Cipollone, who is leading Trump's defense team for the impeachment trial. Mm-hmm. That makes him a fact witness. And we would do well to remember that he is not the lawyer for Trump. White House counsel is not Trump's personal lawyer. They are the lawyer of the people, which makes his complicity that much more dubious. And during that meeting, Trump asked Bolton to call Zelensky to tell him to meet with Giuliani, who was planning a trip to Ukraine to discuss the investigations into Biden in 2016 that would help Trump in the 2020 election. And according to Bolton, he never made the call. So this raises serious questions about the White House counsel's role as Trump leads counsel in the impeachment trial. Um, Stephen Gillers, a professor at the New York University School of Law, wrote recently that Cipollone had an obligation, uh, his knowledge of the facts in this case under a legal ethics rule known as the advocate witness rule that states when a lawyer should be a witness at a trial, they can't also be an advocate in the courtroom. This breach of ethics should prompt the House managers to require Cipollone to disclose his participation in events related to the impeachment. The Dems could actually write a letter or a note to Chief Justice John Roberts to order Cipollone be removed as chief counsel and order him to sit for questioning uh, because there's a very plausible argument that he's a fact witness. But Roberts has been little more than a hood ornament here, even though the motion to close evidence in the case came after the information became public. If Roberts chooses not to insert himself by making a ruling here, that would just kick it back to the Senate for a vote. And Dems could ask Roberts to delay the trial to allow for that vote. So we might be able to delay it a little bit and get the Republicans on the record voting against removing a fact witness from the Trump's legal team. Uh, Republican senators would surely vote that down, I think. They would continue with acquittal on Wednesday. But that would mean they're not only, again, voting against witnesses, but voting against hearing about the legitimacy of Trump's own counsel and what role they may have played in the trial. Would that not mean there would be a retrial? No, I don't think so. Um, just that they would refuse to hear it. Yeah, I don't know how it works in actual courtrooms. Yeah, like, you could probably, in a, in a court of criminal law, do a mistrial uh, and and tr- ask for a new lawyer. But I don't think that's how it works in impeachment because yeah. it's a political proceeding. Yeah. Uh, but this new revelation from Bolton also implicates Mulvaney, who had previously said that he leaves the room when crimey shit goes down to protect attorney-client privilege. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's what he's saying. Yep. Most importantly, this new revelation is proof that more and more evidence will come out, making the vote to block witnesses and documents a bigger mistake as the days pass between now and the election. So that's a good thing for us. Yes. Among the bad. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Joseph Bondi, that's the lawyer for Parnas, penned a letter to Mitch McConnell telling him his relevant, the relevant information that he has in the impeachment of Donald Trump. And he outlined everything he has to say. The, the three-page letter was given to McConnell just hours before the Senate voted, 51-49, against witnesses and documents. And here's some of the highlights. Right on page one, he starts in with saying Parnas could testify to who was involved in the efforts to remove Yovanovitch and get dirt on the Bidens. And he can say the following people were involved. The Super PAC America First, Trump, Pence, Perry, Pompeo, Barr, Graham, Nunez, Nunez aide Derek Harvey, John Solomon, DeGeneva, Tonesing, 
and Giuliani. It's and shitless right there. And others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who else is there? <laughs> and Parnas has phone records, texts, and email receipts, is what, what uh, Bondi says in this letter. He says Parnas will testify um, to the conversation Perry had with Zelensky about the quid pro quo at the Zelensky inauguration. He said he would also testify to the trip he took with Giuliani to Madrid to meet with Yermak, that's Zelensky's like, right-hand guy, to tell him there had to be a public announcement of investigation into the Bidens in 2016. He can also testify to the pressure Trump put on, on Ambassador Bolton to resolve the unwillingness of Zelensky to abide by the president's wishes. Uh, when Ukraine didn't listen, Bolton either left or was fired, and Trump sent Pence to give it a try. Finally, Parnas can testify that all the times he was acting under direct orders from Giuliani on behalf of Trump and that Trump and his associates all knew what was going on. That's the old Sondland line. Everyone was in the loop. A courtesy copy of this letter was also sent to Chuck Schumer. Uh, most of what's in this letter makes me wonder what sort of text and documents we will see before the vote Wednesday that would back up the allegations made in this letter. Of course, we know they won't allow any additional evidence uh, to be considered uh, in that vote, but that doesn't mean it won't come out for us to see and make that vote. It, let's make that vote really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of we have going on there. All right. Well, gross. <laughs> <laughs> It is rather gross. I mean, when you think about, like, here's the thing I want to come out from Bolton's book, and this is old school stuff. This is when Trump first tried to pull troops out of Syria, and Bolton threw a fit, apparently, behind the scenes. Can't tell you how I know, but I know. And that had something to do with Trump trading Turkey uh, to protect, because he has a property in Turkey. And so there was some sort of a a deal that had to do with Hulk Bank, right? Because Trump was trying to keep Barr in the Southern District of New York from indicting Hulk Bank because he was trying to ha- make this deal with Erdogan that had to do with the pullout of troops in Syria and had something to do with the licensing on a property there. Hmm. So we don't have proof of this unless it's in proof of collusion, which it might be. Seth Abramson might actually have... Um, citations for this. I'd have to go double check. But that is the shit I want to see in the Bolton book. I want to see the deal made with Erdogan um, that potentially cost lives of our Kurdish allies in Syria. That was, of course, the second time which he did succeed in pulling our troops out of Syria. Uh, and and how Putin was involved in that. And, you know, whether there was a whether he favored these autocrats for his own personal business uh, gains, mm-hmm. you know, and we did get that, um, uh, that Bolton sort of alluded to that, like he sort of made deals with Erdogan. Remember, that was like the second thing that came out with the Bolton thing mm-hmm. is that he was doing favors for autocrats, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Xi Jinping and Erdogan. And so that's the, sh- that's the shit I want to see. And then I also want to know if Bolton knew or was on that phone call with, uh, Mohammed bin Salman about Khashoggi and then what he knows anything, if he knows anything about any of the conversations that he had with Putin. Because yeah. I don't think I don't think Bolton's going to reveal anything that could hurt our wanting to attack Iran mm-hmm. or the Saudis. But mm-hmm. I, I know he hates Russia yeah. and Turkey. And so he might be willing to, to spill some of those beans and China. That's, I think that's why he sort of alluded to that um, autocratic favors for Erdogan and Xi Jinping. Yeah. But who knows? That, that first pullout of Syrian troops is I'm very interested in that and what that was in exchange for. Yeah, that's definitely going to be 
one of the most salacious books, I'd imagine, right? Because he was his right-hand man doing all these things for a long time. Yeah. And they're trying to say that, um, you know, the Republicans in Congress try to say, we don't even know if it's true. Uh, and the White House is trying to block the, the book saying there's so much classified stuff. Yeah. We need more time to tell you what parts of it are classified. That's so fucking dumb. As if John Bolton actually wasn't the one who made all the decisions about what the fuck is classified. And he, this is his sixth book or seventh book. He knows what you can't get by yeah. the, the White House. I didn't know this was his sixth or seventh book. Yeah, me neither. Huh. So he's a book guy. Yeah, the first five are about mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> They're available at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> With unitards attached. They come in the, like a centerfold unitard that you can pull out and it's fluorescent green. It's like a singlet with a mustache on the crotch. That's how I envision it. I All mustache right. you to go to war with Iran. Oh, gosh. Uh, all right. We, we still have a, a couple more news stories, and then we have a lot of good news. I promise uh, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Noom. Getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or a magic number on the scale. It's about building healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. Whether it's uh, have more, having more energy or feeling more confident, fitting better in new jeans, uh, there are many reasons you might want to practice self-care, and every person is different. That's why I love the new habit-changing program from Noom. Noom adjusts to fit, you, to fit your lifestyle and your specific goals, and they teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to logging food and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Uh, I've been wanting to eat better to feel more energetic uh, and decrease stress and anxiety. That's been my goal is to find foods that help do that and with Noom you pick the goals that are right for you and Noom personalizes a program to help you reach them. Noom is based on a cognitive behavioral approach and they use personalized courses to help you reach your specific goals and they you don't have to commit to a rigorous plan at all. It just takes 10 minutes a day. I'm super busy, but I have time for this. And they make it really convenient with the Noom app. Noom doesn't use negative reinforcement, so there's no shaming and no guilt if you go off track. Just tips to help you get back on track tomorrow. It's a perfect time to make a step towards healthier habits, so sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Daily Beans. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom dot com slash Daily Beans for your trial today. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Daily Beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. We've got some more news. And Jordan, you have the stories today. What's happening in C-Block? I do. I got a few stories. Our first one. So apparently Jay Sekulow has been getting paid for his legal work representing Trump. Uh, Apparently he's being paid through a mailbox a few blocks down from the White House. That's the sole address for a for-profit organization that he co-owns called Constitutional Litigation and Advocacy Group. No attorneys list this as their employer, and the D.C. bar has no record of it, according to the Associated Press. So that's important to remember. I wonder if he just started it last week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh. Yeah. Um, I got to set up something so fraud guarantee you can put money right into the account. Yes. Well, it looks like it's been getting money for a while, but taking a quick sidestep mm. from that, um, the second part of this story is that Seculo is also chief counsel at the American Center for Law and Justice, a nonprofit Christian legal advocacy group that's just a few blocks down from the Senate chamber. And half a dozen lawyers employed by this nonprofit are listed as being on Trump's legal team. But the catch is, as a 501c3, nonprofits are barred under IRS rules from engaging in 
partisan political activities. Okay, so since 2017, the RNC has given 250 grand to Sekulo's for-profit firm. So basically, this raises eyebrows and has often raised eyebrows because there seems to be some sketchy movings around of payments potentially for work done by people who are both on the roster of the nonprofit and the roster of this for-profit group that doesn't really seem to exist in any other way other than having that mailbox for payment. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So records from 2008 to 2017 show that more than $65 million in charitable funds have been paid to Seculo, his wife, his sons, his brother, his sister-in-law, his nephew, and corporations that they all own. And the American Institute of Philanthropy, in response, has issued a donor alert about that nonprofit on Charity Watch. So that's pretty fucking crazy. When you said that you think Cipollone would be the first to be indicted, I was thinking Seculo after this story. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, And I know a story came out about uh, like halfway through last year about his charities Mm -hmm. and all the nonprofits and all the money that, you know, gets paid to his nephews and his Uh all that. I remember that story. We reported Mm -hmm. on that. But yeah, this with the mailbox down the street that's been getting. Yeah, that's the for profit organization that you would technically be allowed to pay. But it completely seems like a shell organization. It totally is. No one works for them, basically, and the bar no association doesn't them. know about it. Right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know how hard it is to prove that 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 was set up with nefarious intent to circumvent those laws. I hope it's not that fucking hard, and I hope it happens. It doesn't seem that hard. It seems clear as day, too. I'm sure. I'm sure the house is on it. Yeah. Right. Like I hope so. on investigating it. Yeah. To- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's that. Seculo sucks. Um, <laughs> sucks then, at law. Jay sucks at law. Yeah. And this is a quick headline, but a big one. Maria Yovanovitch is retired from mm. the State Department. Yeah. Uh, that news broke this weekend. Friday was her last day as a department employee. And uh, she's been teaching at Georgetown University since May, since the ouster. And she spent 33 years serving and is a total badass. So <sighs> even though her departure and ending has been really fucked up, I think it's important to just remember how much amazing work she's done across multiple administrations. Yes. And thank you for your service. And I'm sorry you got fucked over by a bunch of fucking meathead criminals. I hope she uh, has a, a safe, uh, secure, happy retirement. Um, I would, I would love, I would buy any book she writes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, I'll buy, t- I'll buy them for everyone that I know for Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. I I would love to hear anything that she has to say. I hope she becomes a pundit or mm-hmm. I, I, I just wish her like the best success and and her bravery for speaking out is yeah. untouched. Awesome for the kids that get to have her as a professor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now That's I'm just going to take her class. Yeah. Yeah. Audits. Do they mm. let people audit Can anymore? you crash classes still? Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, next time we're in D.C. we should see. <laughs> just walk <laughs> That's in. where Georgetown is, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, that's awesome. Uh, and my final story. So remember the story we referenced this on Muller She Wrote this week of the National Archives Museum blurring out vulgar references to the female body and things that were damaging to Trump and their giant, you know, what was supposed to be a essentially, I don't want to say memorial because the movement is very much still alive, but in reverence to the women's movement and how that continues and what it's looked like over time. Uh, Well, apparently, it wasn't just the National Archives that's been censoring depictions of the march. Library of Congress, apparently, 
bailed on a plan to showcase a huge photograph of the Women's March over similar concerns that it would appear very critical to President Trump. Stop bowing to a wannabe authoritarian. I don't know that they're... Here, here. I don't know that they made that decision on their own. I can, having spent a few years in government, uh, a lot of years in government, what it sounds like is they were ordered. And if you don't do what your chain of command says when you work for the federal government, you can get written up, you can get fired, you can get demoted, you can lose money, you can it it, it it's it, you, it could put you and your family in jeopardy in in a you know in a in a fiscal way. Yeah. And so sometimes you just don't have a choice. You have to go along with it or resign, but yeah. then you have no job. That's really scary to imagine. I hope that's not what's happening. But yeah, it's 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 so it's, the whole thing is very sketchy. And they're also not owning up to the fact that part of their motive was to cover up the Trump language, which is something that the National Archives owned up to. But the statement that these folks are releasing um, does not reference that. They say that the vulgar language and political content was not appropriate for the library's exhibit. They said that profane language was visible on one of the signs and that that language would have been at eye level for children. And that was their reason. Then move the picture up. Or don't have Trump as a president. Yeah, exactly. You're worried about profanity mm-hmm. in public right. for children and how they're affected? But right. You're, but, Exactly. That's a great point. But it does seem like they're kind of I haven't read anything about them issuing an apology yet if that comes out. And kids are fucking fine with profanity. We have tweens listening to this. If they're that short, they probably can't read. And they're not (laughs) and they're not going to walk out and and like, you know, uh, become part of, of international crime syndicates like our leaders. Right. Yeah. You want to talk about stuff they shouldn't be exposed to. You're going to have to do a lot more censoring of that whole goddamn museum and city as it stands currently. Mm. Actually, I don't know what city this this thing is in. The Library of Congress. That sounds like a D.C. thing. It is, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the exhibit's called Shall Not Be Denied, Women Right for, or Women Fight for the Vote. That's the name of the exhibit. So they are being denied. They're being denied being represented, how the biggest march to date went in America's capital. It's called what? It. It's called Shall Not Be Denied, oh. Women Fight for the Vote. Shall Not Be Denied, Colon. unless you're carrying a sign yeah. that says, grab this by the pussy or exactly. something. Exactly. And they replaced the photo with a picture of a, the Women's March in Houston, which is still an amazing event, obviously, but it's not the one in fucking D.C. Mm. Yeah, that kind of... Um, Censorship is really Orwellian. Yeah, very. And I don't know, maybe they have a history of consistently editing things in a very similar way, but I feel like they would have said that at the National Archives Museum if that were the case, and I don't remember reading them saying we have a history of doing this consistently. It seems like it's something that's new. And they apologize for it, which means it wasn't normal, probably. The only other time I could think that we might have signs with profane language uh, against a president would be under Bush. Uh, and so maybe I would go back and look at those uh, to see what's in there. But I mean, honestly, I think that the reason you have such profane signs is because we have such a profane president. Yes. Um, and so yes. that needs to be recorded historically. Right. Especially the intersection with the Women's March. Why his name was even so present at a Women's March. Yeah. Because there's a huge, terrifying pattern of him being misogynistic 
vulgar with his own mouth towards women, the mm-hmm. fact that they're going to try to take out vulgar terms for, you know, a vagina or something is laughable and Mm -hmm. they're gonna do something that in turn would uphold the integrity quote-unquote of the president who's saying those things Mm -hmm. out of his mouth in a derogatory way and a couple dozen women have have accused him of rape or assault eugene carroll is now uh, seeking his dna Mm -hmm. um to see if it matches material on a dress that uh, she was wearing when she was raped by him in a dressing room at bergdorf goodman Mm -hmm. and then he's said it himself he's admitted to it himself the grabbing by the pussy stuff. Yeah. It's it's absolutely not a good thing, not a good look for them to do. I'm very surprised that they also did it, and I hope they issue an apology and do something to try to make it right. Yes. Um, so not just National Archives, now Library of Congress also. Also, aren't there like naked people all over those museums probably? <laughs> Maybe not the Library of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think they do. I mean, there's naked people everywhere all the time, really. But yeah. Yes, but it's, it is like... It's surprising to me that that threshold exists. Yeah, and this isn't for, I don't think this is for censorship profanity reasons. I think that this is for not upsetting Trump reasons, which they've admitted to in both cases. So, mm, gross. All right. Well, uh, I I did promise good news. And I do have have some. uh, Sorry we had to get through three blocks of pretty shitty news to do it. But uh, we we will have some really good news right on the other side of this break. Again, if you want these uh, episodes ad-free, you can get them uh, super cheap. Just go to patreon.com slash the daily beans. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and I want to thank you so much for listening to Muller She Wrote and the Daily Beans podcast. Uh, you've been so supportive, I can't even tell you how much it's meant to me. I want to share a hilarious new podcast I'm a part of. It's called Awful Neutral. When I'm exhausted by politics, I need a break from reality. This is a fantasy comedy podcast, and it's part of my self-care. I do it every Sunday. And Awful Neutral is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. It's fun to listen to, and it's really fun to perform on. Every week, our group of comedian friends team up for an adventure in an ongoing saga fueled by imagination and pizza, mostly. Awful Neutral is a mix of creative storytelling, dynamic role-playing, comedic improv, and, of course, D&D. Roll the dice and you'll be immersed in a cooperative narrative, experiencing using voice acting, sound effects, and music with outrageous characters, thrilling subplots, terrifying monsters, really actually terrifying monsters. I think there's like an eight-legged horse with the head of Tom Jones. Um, Supernatural dance battles, uh, lots of shopping. We (laughs) shop a lot. Join us on an entertaining ride uh, in our first ever Kids on Bikes adventure. That's a highly rated Halloween Call of Cthulhu episode that also came out after that. Uh, created by Dungeon Master, I mean Damian Mercado, featuring my old buddy Caleb Cleveland and some of my favorite funny people. Awful Neutral is a lot of fun. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. Join our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. That's Awful Neutral Podcast or at Awful DND on social media. Thanks so much. Now, roll for initiative. All right, welcome back. I promised you some good news and I have it. Um, We were going to bring you the results of the final Des Moines Register Iowa caucus poll. Uh, that's the gold standard for the last 76 years. However, they didn't publish the poll results due to a concern expressed by a respondent during an interview where one of the candidates' names was left off the list of choices. Um, the register immediately didn't say which name was left off, but the New York Times reports it was Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Hmm. Um, someone from his campaign called and said that an Iowa supporter of Buttigieg received a phone call from an operator and Mayor Pete's name was not listed on the menu of choices. Huh. Uh, David Shalian, uh, CNN's political director, said that CNN and the Register decided not to release the poll and pulled the one-hour-long special about it uh, out of an abundance of caution. Um, This could have ramifications because Iowans are known for making their decisions late in the game, and the poll often generates last-minute surges and has sometimes been a death knell for struggling candidates. Wow. Um, 
So they pulled that out. That seems like a good call. Yeah, it, it is a, definitely a good call. And yeah. a lot of people say if it was one thing and it was one interview. But the thing is, is that they're saying they don't know how many people uh, he spoke to, this yeah. particular, but that left that off. And if that's one... That's a bad data set. If, yeah, the whole, you've corrupted the whole data set. Yeah. That's how it works in, in... I know my dissertation. I spent three years on it and it's uh, 300 pages and I pulled all all these different data to try to prove the effectiveness of a government program. <laughs> I won't tell you which one. Um, but because one data set from one thing was input incorrectly by one human being i couldn't make a a decision right now i mean it seemed clear yes to me yes but you aren't allowed to do that exactly you can't can't base these decisions and they're hour-long sorry go ahead no that's it you just can't base base these decisions if you've got any corrupt data yeah and their hour-long special would effectively be a dissertation on air yes of their survey Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So they pulled it all. They pulled it all down. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that they did. It's just weird to not have that uh, register poll. That is. That's a huge fuck up, too. But I guess it's an uncharacteristically large pool of candidates. But but human error. Really, yeah. 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 Some people are suggesting nefarious things here. It, 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 it doesn't kind of doesn't matter. We yeah. can't we, we can't see those results. Mm-hmm. Um. Next Wednesday at 5.30 p.m., uh, Indivisible is organizing a nationwide protest against the Senate sham trial thing. You can get more information at rejectthecoverup.org. I had asked but before they voted against witnesses. I said, all right, they're going to vote against witnesses. I, I, I feel it. Where are we protesting? This is it. 5.30 Wednesday p.m. Pretty nationwide. Cool. So go to rejectthecoverup.org. Find out where your closest protest is. Um, I put out a tweet for good news stories. Because um, I, I, I didn't really have an abundance of them uh, this week. Um, and I was surprised when I got personal good news stories from our listeners. And I was so touched, I wanted to share some of them with you. Yay, I love this. <laughs> it just made me so happy. Because I was like, I need your good news stories. I, you know, do, you know, Help me do my work for me. I can't find any good news. And, and here's what I got. At uh, McSassy2020 on Twitter says she's excited. She's finally launching her product after seven years of work. She says she's a single mom and she's been working her ass off and she's super excited. So congratulations, Yolster. Yay! Yes! At Connected Are We is celebrating this week upon learning his kids love The Simpsons as much as he does. <laughs> so he is parenting properly. Hell yeah. All right. At Fat underscore Tony underscore 77 says he went hiking with his youngest daughter because he's a girl dad. <laughs> and they saw ducks and geese, squirrels and a lot of burbs. And they had a great time. A great Aww. time was had by all. Ge- Yay. Geese are dicks, though. Just so you know. Quack, quack. <laughs> Honk. <laughs> At Hoffbeezy started a glute camp Mm, butts yep 12 sessions of heavy lifting lifting over six weeks for the first time in four years their back stopped hurting oh cool and it's a beautiful day outside hell yes so good job hop busy glute camp butt camp makes sense i would call it butt camp but glute camp's nice it rhymes with boot Ew, that's true but butt's also a four letter butt word or b word butt word congratulations butt word (laughs) Congrats on the no back pain. That's amazing and incredible. And it does seem like it usually comes down to structural conditioning. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that core. Yeah. Strength. The stronger your core is, the, the the less your back hurts. Can I give a plug really quick for back pain stuff? Uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I had a book recommended to me by various comics, actually, that have talked about it. But it's called Healing Back Pain. Have you heard of it? No. And it's it talks about uh, this concept about emotions. And it's 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 a more of a mind-body connection looked at through a not spiritual lens but a scientific lens 
unfortunately, doctors aren't really for saying, oh, well, maybe like you're really stressed out or something. No, not, not as long as healthcare is for profit. Yes. But this book really explores that and talks nice. about like all different aspects of it and stuff. It helps with the mental aspect of it for people that have chronic back pain. That's just like, why do I have this back pain? Oh. Maybe they are exercising and have an experience relief for people that have had like a really hard time finding relief. Chronic pain can really, really do a number on you mentally. Yeah, totally. Definitely exactly. attest to that. But uh, yes, no back pain. Fuck yeah. And strong butts. And strong butts. Glute camp. At Heart Adam Schiff reports that Schiff has hauled 2.5 million uh, in the fourth quarter of 2019. Didn't know that. Good. Lots of people shared the court case of the old guy who got his case dismissed because he was driving his son to cancer treatment. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Really like old, old guy in his 90s. He was in court, traffic court, because he was speeding in a school zone. And I guess he's like, what? The judge is like, what were you doing? He's like, I was driving my son to cancer treatment. And and he was like, oh. And th- they had this, like, discussion, and he dismissed his case. Yay. Um, I don't know how fast he was going in the school zone. <laughs> But I hope the kids are okay. All right. It'd be nice if emotional appeals worked for everybody's case. (laughs) I know, right? Because there's a lot of people that deserve, I think, to get that treatment. Uh Uh-huh. Let's see. At Martin W. White, just got tickets to Tom Jones for he and his wife. Uh, At Hollis Gillespie says her 19-year-old daughter, a UGA student, routinely covers Trump bumper stickers with resist bumper stickers. Well, someone called the cops on her and the cops backed her up after she defended herself by saying she wasn't destroying public property. She was beautifying it. Oh, I'm surprised the cops went for that, honestly. Well, I guess the Trump stickers were already on the public property and she was just covering them with with, uh, with, uh, resist stickers. Interesting. Uh, at reject underscore CKY says his wife got to go out with friends last night for the first time since their second was born. And he managed to get both kids fed, bathed, and asleep before 2030. So excellent, <laughs> Mr. Ma. That's awesome. At BCT Chantre says her hub spent the day calling local voters to thank them for voting last fall and helping us put their local PA student board in Dem control for the first time ever. And then she prepared ballot petitions and volunteer forms, and they're going to flip PA blue this fall. Yes. And at no Murdoch, no Murdochracy. Very good. Says, despite being devastated by fires, the insects are back and animals are using the food and water stations and life is returning to South Australia, Cudley Creek. That's really I know my heart. Um, so those are the good news stories from wow. our listeners. Isn't that, that right? amazing? I know. I want to do this all the time. Now. I do too. That's crazy what an effect that has on me, psycholo- like physiologically. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a little goosebumps a yeah. little. And my back doesn't hurt. If anyone knows a website that just compiles people's good news stories, because we can't send out tweets every day. You That's know? true. There must be a source where you can read other people's good news like this. Well, we do have a good news block and, you know, I could ask on it. We could ask true? you every day what your good news is. I would love that. If you ever want to tweet good news at us. You can yeah. always just do that too. Yep, at Daily Beans Pod. Uh, and I'll put out tweets too. We should do that. That's uh, I love these. Me too. This is so good. And if you don't want your name shout out, you've got to let us know because otherwise we're just going to do it. Yeah. All right. Um, time for a little Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Uh, so someone added a death date to the Wikipedia page for the United States Senate <laughs> as of January 31st, 2020, uh, the date the Senate voted to block witnesses and Democrats. Somebody hacked. I guess you don't hack Wikipedia. You just go in and make a change. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and yeah, they, they, they so the, on the Wikipedia page for the Senate, they put a death date <laughs> on the day that they voted. Sad but funny. To block witnesses and documents. Yeah. So. Art. That's, that's, Cyber art. Yes. 
that is it. Um, and we do have, obviously, big week. Iowa caucuses today, State of the Union's tomorrow, impeachment vote is on Wednesday. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up this week. We will keep you posted. We'll keep you updated on all of it at Daily Beans Pod. Please give us a rating. Um, I understand if you can't become a patron. Times are a little tight right now. Um, and, and, but you can always subscribe and, and give us a rating. It really makes us feel better. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes we give those shout outs on the air too. Mm-hmm. Again, if, if you don't want us to say your name or anything on anything, just let us know. We'll make sure to, to not do that. And uh, we really appreciate it. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I think the light is starting to peer through and I'm very excited. Today's an exciting day. Yeah. We're starting to get the chance to exercise our power through voting again. Yes. Oh, it doesn't have like a feel like it feels so good that the caucus is today and like this is it starts now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because this is our, you know, it can't be Mueller. It's not going to be the Department of Justice, might not be Southern District of New York, couldn't be the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, might not be, you know, what's going on at the New York Attorney's General, like all that, the House, the uh, Senate, the impeachment, everything. We now this is our greatest weapon Mm -hmm. is our ability to vote. And so I am. I'm really, really excited about it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And shout out to all the people who are, like, campaigning already and working really hard. Yeah. Anybody out there knocking doors and mm-hmm. beating feet? And yep. Is that a thing, beating feet, or does that just mean leaving? It sounds weirdly sexual. Anyone doing the old <laughs> spaceman goodbye for politics? <laughs> Whatever phrase you want to put in there. Yeah. Glute camp. Who's, whoever's, yeah, glute camp. Whoever's glute camping for... Um, politics do it segueing around neighborhoods <laughs> just mm. <laughs> hoverboards that would be my transportation of choice i think i would get one of those little uh hover around scooters oh that, yeah, yeah yeah we just walked when we did it hmm. it was a bit hilly yeah it was oh when we went for 11 we went together yeah mm-hmm. went up in, into orange county yeah you're right with a little hill hills. yeah walking most makes the most sense so i guess orange county hills yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, it was fun, fresh air. Yeah, um, very fun. Great. It it, it, it felt good to yeah. get out there and talk to people. And people appreciated it, too. Because I'm always like, oh, this is going to be suck. Then, hey, people are going to feel like I'm bothering them. No, they would love, they love talking to us. Mm-hmm. So do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. That's it. That's our show. Um, I don't have any final thoughts. So everyone, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>